Hello, it's Louise again with episode 10 of the Knit British podcast. Knit British supports wool grown, spun and dyed in the UK. This episode is the one with the double figures. Hello everybody and uh, thank you very much for joining me today. It's really lovely to have you all back again and really lovely to have some new listeners. If you're just joining us for the first time today, thank you very much. You have joined me on a day where I'm very excited because this is episode 10. I didn't think when I first started doing this in, was it January? I wasn't sure that I was going to do a second podcast, never mind get to 10. So it's been fantastic. Thank you very much for sticking with the podcast and hopefully you'll you'll stay with us. Because we're being all festive, today is going to be a bumper episode really. There's heaps um, to tell you about. I've got some news coming up. I say that really, really sneakily and cryptically. Some news that you might want to hear about um, concerning the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. I also have my cast-on cast-offs. I have a review of two new British yarns to tell you about. I have a fantastic interview with author, tutor and designer Carol Meldrum. And I have some news of a yarn, a new yarn club from Baba Brighouse. So anyone who's susceptible to enabling, I'll let you know when that's coming up. And we'll also have the prize winners of the Claire Divine Head to Toe giveaway. So this is this is going to be a jam-packed show. So shore up with your whips and your beverages of choice and let's get going. So a couple of bits of news that I can tell you about. One that I've been sitting on for a while. If you've been following me at the Edinburgh Yarn Festival, you might have seen some sneaky little tweets and the hashtag EYFPCL. Some people have been trying to figure out what that means and Helen uh, Ripples Crafts thought it might be please comb the llamas. Uh, (laughs) No no such thing. That was very creative though, I liked that. Well, if you are planning on coming to the Edinburgh Yarn Festival and also if you are a fan of podcasts or are a podcaster, then come closer. Crowd in, crowd in, because I have some exciting news. I am delighted to announce that Edinburgh Yarn Festival organisers Mika and Joe have asked me to co-host a podcast lounge over the weekend of the next Edinburgh Yarn Festival uh, in next March. This is exciting. It's going to be an area where the podcasting community can all meet and network and hang out and meet you lovely listeners. You lovely listeners will be able to join in and join us. There's going to be opportunities to interview vendors and workshop tutors and general Edinburgh Yarn Festival VIPs. It is really exciting and I'm so psyched to be involved. Um, The reason Mika and Joe decided that they wanted to host a 
area like this is down to the rise in popularity in craft podcasts in recent years and the sheer quality and uniqueness of a lot of those shows. And we have contacted a few of uh, those podcasters with such shows who we'd like to help us mould the event and the proceedings for the weekend so that we can come up with something that is not just an exciting meet-up area uh, and chill-out zone, but also something that offers something more structured over the course of the weekend. Now, obviously, this is August and the Edinburgh Yarn Festival is in March. It's quite a few months down the line, but we're taking those steps to start organising things and more information will be coming soon and you'll be introduced to those podcasters that I um, have mentioned in due course. You'll hear a lot from us about this. Um, But if you are a podcaster and you're thinking of attending the Edinburgh Yarn Festival next year on the 14th and 15th of March and you want to know a bit more, um, then you can email me, uh, which is a new email address, louise at knitbritish.net and um, you can get in contact with me, stick EYFPCL in the subject line. More importantly, get over to the Edinburgh Yarn Festival website, um, which is edinyarnfest.com, and get yourself signed up for updates, uh, for blog updates and for the newsletter, because if you're planning on coming to this event, then you're really going to want to be kept updated with the news. You can also join the Edinburgh Yarn Festival um, Ravelry Group. I'm, I'm sort of losing my breath because this is really exciting. Um, <laughs> go over to the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> go over to the Edinburgh Yarn Festival Ravel, Ravelry Group and join in there as well and follow them on Twitter. Um, they're on Instagram as well and Facebook. They will also have a podcast lounge uh, page on their website for you to see and And yet, this, I have to stress that this is really going to be a fantastic opportunity, not only to sort of network and schmooze uh, in the podcast lounge, but you're going to, you know, get to meet your listeners, grow your audience, find out what, you know, listeners, we want to find out what you you want from from your podcasters too. It's going to be a fantastic opportunity and it's on the whole weekend. So yes, more information will come from the usual channels but it's really, really, really exciting and I can't wait and, and I hope to see you there. I hope we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Um, so as I say, if you're, if you're thinking of coming along um, and you, you, know, um, you want to know a little bit more information about the podcast lounge itself, get in touch with me. And again, that's louise at knitbritish.net. If you are a vendor or if you are a teacher and um, you have a question specifically about the Edinburgh Yarn Festival, then it's still Edinburgh Yarn Festival that you get in touch with. And I will give you their email address, which is info at edinyarnfest.com. But yes, hugely, hugely, hugely exciting and um, stay tuned to all the open channels on this because there will be more to come. I'm really looking forward to it. In other news, I am going to be heading to Yarndale. I think I maybe mentioned this on the podcast before. I'm only going down on the Saturday, but I will be there the whole of Saturday. And Shiny Bees has been trying to organise uh, an area for, for a, a small podcast to meet up. I'm not quite sure how that's been going. 
we will have some try and have some more information closer to the time obviously um the podcast that weekend sort of lands on a podcast weekend and so i don't know if i'm going to podcast before it or after it possibly after it we will try and get some information out keep your eye on the knit british ravelry group and also shiny bees ravelry group and we'll put something on twitter as well because if you're interested in coming and saying hello then my i know myself and joe from the shiny bees podcast and the geeky girls are going to be there and knit spin cakes amy nicholson is going to be around because she's going to be working on a stall with her mum with daisy bun boo bags and i think nick from yarns from the plane is going to be there as well so we're going to try and organize something but if you're at yarndale and you see us then grab us and say hello don't be scared because it's going to be lovely to to say hello i'm going to try i'm going to say this quietly i'm going to try not to buy any yarn <laughs> i say this because i've just bought some from john arbin which is terrible really considering that john arbin are going to be there i think um but i'm going to try not to buy any yarn so if you see me making any large yarn purchases or expensive yarn purchases would you just just tap me on the shoulder and say louise are you sure you want to do that <laughs> but if you're going to be going to yarndale in skipton uh, at Skipton Auction Mart on the Saturday, which is the 27th of September, just a month away now, then drop us a line, give me a tweet, uh, something, let me know, um, because it would be lovely to try and say hello if you're going to be there, it'd be fantastic. So yeah, that's happening. Um, and again, if Yarndale can provide us with an area uh, to have a meet-up, um, then we'll let you know. <laughs> Cast on, cast off. Well, I finally finished uh, the vivid blanket for my nephew, or new few, as I've been calling him. He was born on the 11th of July, and his name is Calvin. And for all the knitting that I was going to do for him coming, I got woefully behind, because I still have the a, a cardigan on the pins as well, and Blacker Falkland Swan, which is actually going to be too small for him now, so I'm going to rip that back uh, and re-knit it. But the Vivid Blanket, I knit 12 squares uh, in two colours of West Yorkshire Spinner's Air Valley Aran. And I chose Aran because I thought it might be a nice blanket sort of to lay on on the floor. And also, um, it's quite big. It's bigger than I thought it was going to be because I actually had knit nine squares and then thought, oh no, that's not going to be big enough. And then, well, 12 squares is possibly too big, but... Um, as my sister says, he'll get to um, cosy up on the couch with it when he's a bigger boy and have it on his on his bed. I am a rubbish sewer up um, of things, so I crocheted the squares together and then I actually crocheted just all the way around um, to make it neat. I really loved knitting this uh, pattern. The vivid squares are lovely and you can really knit them in any weight yarn and you're going to end up with some lovely squares and a lovely blanket. I really liked the Aran size, actually. I like, I, I sort of, I had it over the back of the couch for a little while just to take pictures of it, and I thought, hmm, I quite like this. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice lap blanket as well, the, the size I've made it, so I might be making myself another one, although we shan't say anything about the two rings blanket that's still in whip hell. 
but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed knitting it, and I really like the neutral colours. Although there are uh, the sky's the limit where colours are concerned with this blanket, but it was quite nice to do a neutral one, just as pretty, really. I'm still knitting on my second lush. Well, the second one for me because I had knit a baby size one a while ago. I've just finished the sort of waist shaping. It feels like it's been slow progress um, on this one, but it's really cheering me on to see so many um, of the lush pod colours on the Ravelry groups finished or blocking or nearing the finish line. It's really, really cheering that if you um, haven't looked in the finished object gallery and the Shiny Bees Ravelry group do have a look because there are some really, really fantastic lushes on there, some fantastic colours um, and, fanta and fantastic buttons. Somebody commented that there are lots of fantastic buttons and it's true. I have bought some buttons but as per usual I have bought one set of buttons that I thought were going to be perfect and aren't quite a match and another set of buttons that are possibly too detailed but I'll stick a picture up of them on the blog and you can have a look at them. We'll see. I'll wait till I've got to the button band knitting stage of things before I worry too much about it but as always I never find quite the right button and then I went on the Textile Garden website and bought buttons with little rabbits on them that I don't even need. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even have a project in mind for them. They were just cute gonna have to find something to knit in those now for those now um if you are knitting along there are prizes and i'm gonna do a prize post on the blog soon so you can see exactly what the prizes are there the prizes so far are fantastic though and um, because there are prizes from tin can knits for all four of the podcast groups then each of the podcasters have also donated a prize. The prizes so far are um, Joe Shiny Bees has a lovely skein of Malabrigo. Mmm, very, very nice. I, I have got some Shetland and Merino Cross from North Yorkshire that I picked up especially for this um, when I was in York on holiday. And I've also got a skein of Juno Bell which is alpaca and BFL, UK alpaca and BFL, um, in red thread, which is really, really lovely. There is, I believe, um, a Daisy Bun Boo project bag from Amy, and, and there will be a project bag as well from Louise. And Louise, uh, from Caitlin's Craft, if you haven't had an eye on her shop, her Etsy shop, you should have a wee look, because it's all gone a little bit outlander uh, mad and there are fantastic she's had some fantastic tartan bags made by herself I think herself and her mum and there's also a really really fantastic prize from Blacker uh, of their new elegance range there's a couple of prizes of that and we're also going to have a one skein kit from Wensleydale Longwell Sheep Shop who I am knitting my lush in and I also did a post about the Wensleydale Longwell yarn on the blog this week which is at www.knitbritish.net to be considered for a prize you must be 75% done at least 75% done on the cast off date which is the 14th of September there was <laughs> there was a little bit of deliberation about what 75% meant we never really thought about this when we <laughs> when we uh 
decided to do the cal what 75% meant but after some deliberation we've decided that 75% of a cardigan is the entire the whole body and one arm so that's a body and an arm so if on Sunday the 14th of September one body and one arm knitted then post a picture in the shiny bees finished object thread to be considered for a prize now once you've actually finished it and taken pictures of it then you know in you wearing it then you can repost and you can edit edit your post because we'd love to see the finished items but if you are a one-armed bandit on the 14th of September then please post a picture it doesn't have to be a great one just let us see that it's um, finished or at least 75% finished and you could be in line for one of those great prizes if you are knitting along even if you haven't been joining in the chat you know just say hello or let us know how you're getting on because I, I know there are a few of you out there who signed up but, but we haven't really heard anything from so do say hello um and in the podcast groups uh, while you still can because there's only another couple of weeks left yeah as i said my lush has been a bit of a slow progress because I'd had to rip back my first one a few weeks ago, right back to the yoke from, I just sort of started the underarms, so I had to rip back the collar and the and the pickup stitches for the body. But I think, so I think I've been a little bit dejected, but it's tin can knits and it's a great pattern, so you can't really be dejected for too long. I'm not sure if I'll be finished by the cast-off date, though. I'm not sure I'll even be 75%. Even if I could win a prize, I don't think I'd be 75% finished by the 14th of September. My next challenge will be the buttons, as I've said before. And uh, I'll let you know how I get on with those. But again, as with my last Lush, I think it needs to be quite an understated button because the Lush yoke is so pretty in details. But at the same time, I've seen some really pretty buttons on the finished objects thread and uh, in the chat thread. So maybe I'm wrong about that, but uh, I'll I'll post pick and let you see. Recently, I've also cast on the Montrose hat from Head to Toe by Claire Devine. I do have some of Ginger's hand-dyed yarn in the Witching Hour colourway, but I think I'd like to keep that for the, the Brunswick shawl, which is also in the Head to Toe collection. Um, I've cast on Montrose in the Kettle Yarn Company Twist Yarn in the Silver Linings colour, which is 100% BFL Superwash, and... I've cast it on in that in that colour, but I'm sort of toying with the idea of going on with it because I've got old smoke and the suit colourways as well. But I might just see because it might sort of detract from the loveliness of the lace pattern. So we'll see. But you can either knit it slouchy or fitted. So I'm going for the fitted version, and I think the lace part will look really lovely in kettle yarn co yarn it's sort of that deliciously metallic hues and i've spoken about that before on the on the podcast um but i've only got as far as the cast on brim so more about that in the next podcast hopefully casting on the montrose hat that sort of segues nicely into the giveaway winners um because you'll remember that last month claire divine uh, gave us some lovely giveaway prizes, an ebook of the Head to Toe collection and two prizes of the Montrose hat pattern. We had some great entries. You might remember I was a little bit strict on how you entered this competition. You had to leave a comment on the show notes on the website and you had to, and if you wanted to, you could put some extra entries on the Ravelry group. 
There was a little bit of confusion over this, even though I think I was quite clear. But <laughs> I think I managed to tell, remind everyone that didn't follow by those rules to do what they needed to do. So there was lots of entries and it was really clear that everyone is, if they didn't know of Claire's designs before, then they're really, really fond of them now. And there's some, you know, lovely to see how many people um, really like her sock patterns and I can't wait for some more adult sock patterns. Um, the winners, to the winners, I did a random org list sequencer and put in all the names, spent the time and plucked in all the names uh, in both the Ravelry group and on the comments thread. And the winners were the first prize winner of the Head to Toe collection is Knits to Stay Sane. And the winners of the Montrose hat pattern are Suf and aka Millie. Really, really chuffed for you chaps and I have already given Claire Divine your Ravelry names, so you should look out for those exciting prizes coming your way very shortly. Thank you so much to Claire for giving us those lovely prizes. There was a lot of interest in it, so thank you so much for everyone who took part. And yeah, look forward to seeing your Montrose hats and all the fantastic things you knit in the Head to a Collection. Now, those of you who are susceptible to enablement should now mute or leave the room for a few minutes or go and make a cup of tea because I recently heard about a great new British yarn club. So, um, But the rest of you come closer because you're going to want to hear about this. Um, online store Baba Brig House, run by Elaine in the heart of Yorkshire, have teamed up with Indie Dyers from the local region to create the Yan Tan Tethera Yarn Club. Dyers are taking their um, inspiration from photographs of the Yorkshire landscape and it looks fantastic. Um, September club sign-ups are now closed and that yarn was dyed by Katie Pierce, aka Sullivan Tiger, who you have heard of on the blog on the blog and the podcast before and she was dyeing uh, her yarn in a luxurious four-ply BFL. Sign-ups for the October Club are open now, though, uh, and they're open until the 12th of September, and the yarn will be posted out on the 1st of October. The yarn for the October Club will be dyed by Crystal Flanagan of The Domesticated Human, and the inspiration photo is Fountains Abbey by Gary Turner, and the yarn is going to be a BFL roving in bulky, uh, and there will also be a pattern available. I think it's fantastic to not only offer different dyers but also different weights because not everyone loves sock yarn not everyone is you know a shawl knitter or a sock knitter so I think that's fantastic and I can see from the website that there's also going to be different breed yarns in the future brilliant really brilliant to offer something just a little bit different you can subscribe for the October Club now it costs £21 and you're going to get some of that wonderful hand-dyed British chunky yarn uh, with inspiration from the Yorkshire countryside for more details, you can visit www.bababrighouse.co.uk and it's B-A-A-B-A-A-B-R-I-G-H-O-U-S-E.co.uk And if you're an indie dyer and interested in dyeing for future clubs, then it does say on the website that uh, Elaine is interested to hear from you uh, so you can get in touch via the website. I think that's fantastic offering that opportunity to, to hand dyers. Really, really lovely. 
right, all you people hiding from me and my enabling, you can come back into the room now. <laughs> There's a thread on the Knit British Ravelry group for British rule suggestions. And recently, thanks to Ivy Fox, uh, she brought to my attention that Wendy and King Cole had recently released British breed yarns, namely Wendy Ramsdale uh, DK and King Cole Masham and Masham Misty, also double knit. Of course, I had to sort of scurry right off and buy a couple of balls of yarn. And it, at just over £3 each for the yarns that I bought, um, I could have really gone a lot further and you're really lucky that I stopped it too. Um, let's look at the Ramsdale first. There are 10 fantastic colours. I really really love the bright colours, they're brilliant. Um, there's also a couple of neutral tones as well. Ball size is 50 grams which is 112 metres. The ball band bears the British crook mark um, and the British wool mark and um, thanks to Thomas Ramsden's, the company who makes the yarn, uh, they've uh, got in touch and let me know that the wool is uh, Masham blend, grown, spun and dyed in Yorkshire. And I can tell you, it is really, really soft. It's single ply yarn. The colour that I have is Thursk and it's really, really lovely. I have to say, really surprised. I was expecting it to be... A wool, you know, wool acrylic blend, or you know, I was expect wasn't. I bought it thinking this isn't going to be all it's cracked up to be, and it's cracked up to be much more. I have to say, it's really, really nice. Um, there are some lovely long white fleecy fibers in amongst the burnt orange, sort of as a bright orange rusty colorway. This yarn just flew off the needles. Really, really lovely to knit with. I have to say, it's really, really great to see. A commercial spun yarn use you know using British wool and a single ply I think that's really just a little bit different and I'll definitely use this yarn again and actually have already been poking about on Ravelry for sweater patterns I think it's excellent value and really really exciting to see um, a British addition to the Wendy range there are some British wools in the Wendy range already there's British wool in their Guernsey yarn and British wool in the traditional Aran, uh, but that is a blend. Of the King Cole yarns, I opted to try the Masham Misty. It's also a single ply. It doesn't feel quite as smooth as the Ramsdale. It does just have a slightly more rustic feel. It's 100% British uh, wool on the ball band, uh, but King Cole informed me that it is 100% Masham. Uh, made in Yorkshire. The gauge is 22 stitches to 28 rows on 4mm and I should have said that the Wendy is the same gauge on the ball band but actually I find it's closer to 20 stitches. The Misty comes in seven shades. They're very sort of heathery, pastely shades uh, and I believe that it's dyed wool mixed with uh, natural wool blended together uh, and spun. The Masham, which I don't have, is a superwash wool. The the Misty is hand wash, as is the Ramsdale. Uh, the Masham is uh, comes in ten further solid colours. Uh, both come in fifty gram balls, and both have one hundred and five meters. Uh, the Masham double knit is a superwash, which is very handy if you like your knits uh, easy care. The King Cole Masham range 
carries the Platinum Crook mark, which is 100% British wool purchased through the British Wool Marketing Board's uh, Platinum Certificate, which traces wool from auction through each stage of the process um, and at each stage uh, it is checked and authorised as being British wool. Fantastic, really, really fantastic. I can't stress how good it is to see commercial yarn companies turning their attention to British wool you know, 100% British wool. I think it's about blooming time, actually. Uh, and it's really, really fantastic uh, to see that these two have sort of grabbed grabbed that with both both hands. I think I prefer the Ramsdale of the two singles yarns. The colours are so vivacious. It's ever so slightly silkier and softer than the, the Mash and Misty. Not that that is really a problem. You know, just because it's slightly more rustic doesn't mean it's not going to be you know not going to wear well or it's not a nice yarn um if anyone's tried the superwash masham yarn by king cole do let me know because i'd like to know how you find it brilliant i think these uh two yarns retail around three pounds 20 to three pounds 95 the the masham superwash retails slightly higher but i still think it's under five the five pound mark um you can find them at your larger yarn outlets online such as Derrimore and John Lewis though I'm sure that these yarns will catch on with the smaller uh, indie online yarn short stores um, if you want to call them that I do prefer to shop with my sort of online equivalent to the local yarn store there are also pattern collections to accompany both the ranges so you can find and you can find those also on those websites Thanks to Ivy Fox for flagging up these great yarns and if you start knitting with these yarns let me know. I'd love to see see what you knit. And remember you can post any pictures of any garments you finish in British Wool in the Knit British Ravelry Group page and there's also a page on the Woolsack uh, Ravelry Group to, uh, to share your British Wool finished objects. We always love to see them. Uh, so yes, if you knit anything with Ramsdale or the Mashing Blends, then let us know. Earlier this week, I was lucky to meet Carol Meldrum, uh, aka Beat Knit, tutor, designer, author of titles such as Knit Your Own Boyfriend, Love Crochet, 30 Minute Knits, 30 Minute Crochet, and many, many more. She was hosting a knitting holiday in Shetland with Arena Travel, so I grabbed her for a chat about design inspirations, workshops and knitting boy bands, to name but a few. It was really, really lovely to meet Carol, and thank you to her uh, for giving up some of our time. Um, And also thanks to Carrie Westman for suggesting that we meet up in the first place. Thank you very much, Carol Meldrum, for uh, coming on Knit British while you're here in Shetland on a knitting retreat and I've sort of nabbed you. Um, how are you enjoying it? It's been absolutely fantastic. It's great fun. There's so much to see. I've actually met lots of lovely people and I've met some of my fabric heroes. Oh, really? By that I mean I've seen fabrics that I've been in love with for about the last 20, 25 years and I've now met them in person. Is that out of our lovely um, museum and archives? Yes, yes. <laughs> I... Every time I turned a corner, I was like, ooh, ooh, 
there's that one. Oh, that one's so brilliant. Because <laughs> we were really lucky, the sort of creator, sort of Carol Christensen, yes. was of an introduction and she took us around the ground floor of the museum and then we went upstairs and had a look at all the different bits and bobs and we learnt so much from her and then she started pulling these drawers out. I hadn't even realised there were drawers, <laughs> yeah. so once and we finished... Sort of, yeah, the sort of uh, tall ones yeah. as well, so fantastic things. Look in here, ooh, yeah. what's in here? Oh, something else. Here. And then they've got the sort of uh, make and do things as well because you can sort of card your own wool and yes, things. Yes. It's really, really good. They've done such a good job. It, it's a fantastic do. place. I will definitely have to come back up for another visit. And you were at the Textile Museum as well. The Textile Museum as well. What a wonderful sort of house. And we had a little go at sort of spinning, used a knitting belt for the first time, which was great. I've always heard tales of these knitting belts. So <laughs> that was use, interesting. Was the, could you use the loom when you were there? Uh, we were shown a demonstration of the loom. So that was good seeing that as well but I did uh, it was constructed textiles degree that I did so I, I was aware of weaving but I admire weavers because you've got to get everything in the right sequence I think knitting's a lot more accessible and instant <laughs> which might sound silly when you say that to people but compared to weaving knitting yes, is so much more accessible there's a definite rhythm to weaving isn't yeah, there and yeah. a, a sort of choreography oh I know <laughs> we saw two lovely weavers today as well on the Shetland Arts and Crafts Trail Oh yeah. We went to visit a couple of weavers and I could actually feel myself going, Oh, this weaving thing, I was maybe a bit too harsh about it. Yeah, but I, I know it wasn't my, my forty and I would not kid anyone that it was my forty. Um, but I, I might be persuaded to give persuaded. weaving a little go, Get yes. Uh, well an eight shaft uh, tabletop loom. A lot more ex- it's either that or a spinning wheel that's coming next. Oh my goodness. Says she who has no room in her flat. <laughs> you said there that you um were at Textile College, was it in Dundee? Yes, it was Duncan and Jordanson, Dun- yes. And did, did you know that's the route you were going to take? I mean, mm. have you knitted from an early age? Always knitted. My mum, my gran, my grandma, auntie, everybody knitted. It was just one of those things. Um, I wanted to do fine art, so I got into art school, wanted to do fine art, and in first year you go round and get a shot of the different disciplines that you may not have had a chance to at school or your portfolio course and walked into the textile department and the delights of K-Facet and the likes. I was introduced to that and I never looked back. I, I was, I, something came bubbling up inside me. I said, I've got to knit. I must knit. It's funny, that thing, though, because I think that's actually once you learn to knit, mm. there is something that does, like, sort of brew inside yeah. you and you sort of when it comes towards the colder weather it gets, it gets more and more effervescent spring summer <laughs> collections are great but the autumn yes. winter ones now you're talking yes definitely, definitely. <laughs> so you said Kay Fassett would be an inspiration yes most definitely who else is inspired because your um, design collection is sort of from very dainty sort of uh, crochet neckwear to the really sort of contemporary and and quite sculptural crochet as well and your fair isle and lace. It's, it's a funny thing in a way. It's just anything that really sort of catches my eye. I mean, at the moment, I'm sort of trying to do the traditional with a twist. Mm. And there's a lot of tradition with twist out there, but... Taking my view and my angle on it, so looking at the the likes of the tweeds, that's why I was surprised to see about the Shetland tweeds. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh great, I can use the Shetland tweeds and try and recreate them and knit the sort of textures, but then have a little touch of fair oil and take a little bit of tartan into it. Uh, lace knitting, I love lace knitting, but I will be perfectly honest to say it is not my forte. Crochet lace is more my thing. It's it seems to sort of speak to me. I understand it better. Uh-huh. So that's where I'm taking the the dainty crochet. That's my homage 
off to, to, to the lace knitting up up in the sort of Shetlands. Uh-huh. So that that's it. But it's, it's I think as a designer, you've got your sort of bread and butter money, the things that you do, you're doing books, you're doing patterns for magazines. And my whole beat knit thing mm-hmm. that I do is really me just getting my own creative my own creativity out there rather than having to work to a brief or a concept. Mm-hmm. I can make it up as I go along. <laughs> but you also have this way of you know making something really contemporary but having this really lovely nostalgic feel, like I'm thinking about your um, the, is it the mittens and the wristies you recently did for Roe and the shield. Yes, There's something yes. really evocative for me about yeah. that sort of... It, it's almost like telling a story and um, sort of taking an idea, having a story. And we were actually using that pattern this week because obviously, again, Shetland, we were looking at Feral, we were looking at lace. I thought, oh, great, I can take this sort of shield um, sort of design with me and everybody can have a little taster. And it was great seeing how everybody's put their own twist on twist to it, on their own it. colours. Mm-hmm. Well, we all had the same colour palette, but no two are exactly no, the I same. Gate, gate crash you did yesterday, it was great fun. To yeah. see, and there's some fantastic... <laughs> yeah. Not just colours, but sort of obviously inspirations in there that, as well. That, that's it. And Scottish, Scotland is obviously a big um, sort of inspiration to you as well. No, it is, it is. Can't, can't sort of deny that. Well, it's a sort of growing Heritage. up in the northeast of Scotland, um, this, this sort of scenery, well, you'll know about this, this sky and the sea yes. and the scenery and the green fields and all these sorts of things. You can't get away from no, it. It you sort can't. of haunts you. And it's in your blood. <laughs> You're in the city, that kind of thing just keeps coming back I to know. You. I mean, I live in the middle of Glasgow now and I so miss the sea. So it's been great here. I'm like... <gasps> well, you, can't, you certainly can't get away from no. it here. You can probably see it out your bedroom. Yeah, you? I can hear it as well. It's <laughs> even better. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was texture because that seems to be quite an important part of your mm-hmm. of your collection with the sort of the lace... Uh, I was saying more the lace on the fair island things yeah. and yarn is yarn the texture of yarn quite important as well um i've never really thought about no. it to be honest no i mean i do like texture i like sort of taking things that are maybe sort of woven woven and turning them into knits uh just looking at things that are in, in a slightly different way to, mm-hmm. to, to be honest and sort of trying to interpret it in my my own way um I think no matter where you look, there's always something that's going to sort of jump out at you. Uh, tartans and sort of plaids, I love them. Mm-hmm. And I keep seeing windows as oh, plaids yeah. and tartans. <laughs> and, and then those sort of slightly sort of skew with different scales of things. I think, oh, that would make a good tartan if I just did a line along there like that. Because your Pinterest page, I sort of got lost in that. Oh, I love today. Pinterest. <laughs> and your beatnet board, there's like yeah. such a lot of it. If you just dive yeah. into that, it's fantastic, all the different colours and textures. And, and the sort of different things, yeah. It's just really me satisfying me when I'm making these things, yeah. Well, yeah. Pinterest is really good for that. You can just sort of you know, these hours on that, you know, just sort of procrastinating and great inspiring for, yourself. Well, it's great for workshops as well, because in the past I would have maybe bought lots of magazines and ripped up pages and mm. put collages together, whereas now you can just go onto Pinterest or any other, um, you know, sort there, of are things. there are other things. There are other things. No, you can, you can just put images together, but the great thing about Pinterest is if you click on that image, it takes you back to the source. Yes. So it's not being lost. It's Which not is... just an image. It's always giving someone a nod, because if, you, if, if I'm inspired by somebody's work, I will always try and give them the nod to 
say, well, my source of inspiration came from there. I might not be doing it exactly the same as that, but yeah. that's where the source initial idea came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do we do without Pinterest and things? I don't before? know. <laughs> I really wonder where my time went because I don't spend a lot of time pinning things. But no. Because I end up getting lost looking at things. Like, oh, God, what was that? I should have pinned that. Quite yeah. rubbish when it comes to things like that. But you do, you can just that's sort it. of lose hours too. I like playing a game and I'll go onto one board, click on something that I like and then you click on another one and <laughs> sort of to see where this sort of trail actually sort takes, of takes you. <laughs> um, but you mentioned um, workshops and I, um, on your website you've got a chock-a-block yeah. <laughs> a workshop calendar. What can people expect if they um, want to come to a Beatnik Carmeldrum um, workshop? workshop? Oh, hopefully a fun day. A packed, packed full day. It, it's depending on the uh, the actual sort of workshop. There's more technical ones, mm-hmm. the like so professional finishing techniques. So that's your sewing up techniques. That's what I need. There's a lot of me talking, me saying, and some sewing up, and a little bit of homework to do to bring things along. The creative workshops where I will try. I do provide a project, mm-hmm. but I actively encourage to to get people to try and make the project their own. The pattern, the project is my take, but I am not one to say, you have to do it my way. Uh But if somebody has an idea and they want to change it slightly, great. I'm all for that. I I like them doing that. Scribble on the notes, make it your own. Um, Hopefully people will get a good fun day out of spending some time with me. They'll get a lot of encouragement and a lot of confidence to allow them to go out there and spread their wings and find their own voice, really, in their own sort of textiles. So is it mainly for beginners or...? It's for for everyone, really. I can do from the complete beginner, learn to, right the way up to somebody who is more advanced. But somebody that's more advanced, it is more sort of sharing and swapping Mm -hmm. rather than me showing or sort of teaching. That's the most fantastic thing, I think, about about being with people who knit of any sort of experience is that, well, I did this or I did that. People who think that they're not very good or not very technical can sometimes just throw a total wild card your way and you're like oh they like, I never knew how to yeah, do that a lot of people <laughs> like to hide their light under a bushel <laughs> oh I'm not very good and they'd say oh but I've done this oh but I can do that mm-hmm. or I think, wow you're more talented than me you've got places yeah come on you show me what to do no I mean it's I think for myself with the teaching or with the workshops it is just about encouraging people to be creative to find their own voice to put their own twist on things and not to be afraid to ask a question Mm -hmm. because believe you me I've been there and I still ask lots of questions not to be and also not to be afraid to fail at something because if you're new to a new and if it's a new technique to think that you're going to pick it up straight away mm-hmm. it can be silly and especially I've noticed with a lot of people who cross over from knit into crochet if they're a fantastic knitter they expect to be able to pick up a hook and do it straight away it is still a textile but it's a different set of skills and you have to allow yourself the time to learn how to totally. do it totally I tried yeah. that I thought I would be fa- I could do crochet I can <laughs> knit I'm sure I can crochet and couldn't do it and really I'm just going to need to go to a class and have someone sit next to me yeah. and show me <laughs> but it's true you think it's craft I'm sure I can I do can that I can do that yeah but build. if you can hold a hook and you can hold the yarn and you can do a chain it's half the battle that's right that's it, once true. you you know you've got it when you pick the hook up and the yarn you think oh my fingers are doing what they're meant to do <laughs> ah I might be able to manage I can this I do this yes 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 we've, we've all been there and I think if somebody says they haven't then <laughs> they're not telling the truth <laughs> so there's the sort of tutor Carol and mm-hmm. the author Carol mm-hmm. and the designer Carol mm-hmm. which 
How do you plan your day? What's your day like? Um, because I work from home, um, I, I try and get up quite early in the morning. And I like to run and I like to cycle. So my day, before I go to bed at night, I've got my to-do list or my must-do list. Mm-hmm. Write out my list, circle the ones that are the most important ones to do. <laughs> so sorry to anyone if you're not on the top of the list. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, you, you get, get my, my, my list sort of done and then I'll go out and sort of do cycle or go for a run or a walk just to sort of clear my head, mm-hmm. come back home and then that's me. I'm sat in front of the laptop and emails and making and working and writing up the notes and things and that's generally me until other half comes home about tea time and it's, oh, stop right it, or it's time for a glass of wine <laughs> stop but there must be yeah. a fair amount of juggling because you have these hats different hats so yeah no there is there is, is a it like less, an organised sort of it's organised chaos I would say yeah, it is organised chaos yes. sometimes that's the best bed, way yeah. to be though no, it's good to have a mix of things I think the main thing for me is I need to get out of the house and then I can come back in, especially in the summer. If I'm in the house and I haven't been out, and I live across from a park, so I'm looking out the window and I'm like, they're outside, I want to be outside. I have to go outside, whereas if I've been outside, it's fine. I can ignore the world that's out there yeah. and just sort of concentrate. I mean, if you are sort of self-employed or you're sort of working for yourself, you need to be dedicated and you do need to have discipline, self-discipline mm-hmm. to actually get the work done and make sure you've got the deadlines and yes sometimes it is long hours and other times you can take a fortnight you know a fortnight mm-hmm. off a couple of days off and I'm saying out. a fortnight I wish I could take a fortnight <laughs> off but you can take a couple of days off if if you need to mm-hmm. if you want to but how long have you been doing this whole knitting holiday um, hosting with, business? This is my first one actually with Arena Travel away. I've done, earlier on this year we did Stitchtopia, which is a knitting and stitching festival mm-hmm. uh, down in just north of London, at Milton Keynes, just north of London, um, Wimston Lakes. So it's the first time I've done that. Um, but for the last few years I've been going over to France to do knitting retreats for a lovely couple, sort of Sue and Cully. They've got a farmhouse in La Verderie, which is cognac country, Ooh. and they do knitting retreats where you don't have a tutor, or they do knitting holidays where there is a tutor involved. And it's very similar to this, but maybe six, five, six people. Mm-hmm. So I've been in house, yeah, a lot, very good, very good, very sort of small. And what I tend to do is find out what people want, a rough idea of what people want to do, and just take a mix of notes with me, lots of yarn, and I will, first day we'll do a little couple of exercises, and then try and tailor it to their needs, so they get what they, they want out of it. Is that the same with this as well, or is it a bit more This one, because we were, obviously we were visiting sort of Shetland, and there was certain things, well lots of things we wanted to see, there was a, a itinerary, a holiday itinerary of visits and trips so it was like half day workshops, full day workshops and I just wanted to make sure I ticked the, the boxes but if somebody does want to do something, the laptop's usually with me as long as they're internet access and a printer you know, they'll, we'll find some and Can you talk a little bit about your connections with the so growing up, um, Aberdeen was one of the first places in Scotland to have a John Lewis. Of course. Because Rowan were stocking John Lewis. As much as my mum went to the other local yarn shops, I was always aware of the Rowan brand. And then at art school, uh, Lassie, a couple of years above us, had won a competition for, with Rowan. So the department was full of Rowan yarn. So, and then the opportunity came up to sort of work and design for them, and I was sort of like, 
That must be pretty fantastic. It was. You get to work with. I mean, did you did you get to meet your? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I I sort of met them all. I remember going down with my interview. Uh, Well, because I got the job as the design consultant in the department when John Lewis opened up, and I had been looking for work. So I'd worked in the manufacturing side of things. The factory had closed. Everybody was made redundant. was looking for work and I was applying for everything and anything and I think on the Friday in the, the Glasgow Herald I opened it up and I was like Rowan you got a job I was like oh oh I think we might we might be onto something here so I went up to Glasgow I was living in Aid at the time and I went up to Glasgow with my full portfolio design lot and I remember sitting waiting for my interview and there was a an uh, elderly lady sitting next to me with a plastic bag sort of full of hand knit irons and here was me, me with my art school portfolio and I'd been going to um, yarn shows over in Italy and Paris and all sorts and I was like this job is mine I don't care I want this job Fantastic. yeah yeah and, I, and obviously I got the job so it was good and then from then I didn't want to give up the design side of things and I just kept on pestering them to try and get a meet with the design manager and Stephen Shear too, so I set up Rowan. Uh, yeah, and he commis- started commissioning me to do designs for them. So, Fantastic. so yeah, no, it started from there, so it was good. Yes. Are you still working with them? I still work for them on a freelance basis for doing workshops and classes, and obviously I still do, a, well, sort of design, but I was concentrating doing my own books and things by then as well. So, But you ne- never say no, it'd be great to, you know, get one or two things out back out there in the magazine, so you never know. <laughs> As you say, it's Rowan. That's Rowan. Rowan. I also want to ask about your books as well. That must be a different sort of working process, is it? Can be, yes. It's. um, Do you work a lot from sort of mood boards and things, or or is it? It it depends on the book and what they're wanting to do, what they're asking for. Um, Generally, there'll be a lot of toing and froing with the publishers or the editors beforehand. And they'll come up with images, I'll come up with images, and we'll sort of pull them together mm-hmm. and then decide exactly what we want to do. And once we've decided that, it's a case of, right, what yarn, what skill level. Mm-hmm. I tend to make the thing and handwrite the pattern, and then I'll type the pattern up. I tend to do it in batches mm-hmm. like that. So, but you are working quite closely with an editor, and it sort of depends their style of working as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're fantastic though. I mean, we were just talking earlier about Nature and Boyfriend, <laughs> but there's the Clangers and One Direction, which I want to find out about it. I must give it to my niece because I'm sure that will be enough to get her interested in knitting. The one I, thing I never thought I would do. <laughs> no no offence to One Direction fans, but I now know their names, and I really was quite happy. Now, not was that your idea, names. or was that no, the, <laughs> we did because we, it was great? Well, the first one we did was Knitted Icons, and it was great, but. That was the first sort of book I did with sort of Anova or sort of Collins and Brown, um, and I I done a few crochet books. That was the first sort of knitting properly 100% sort of knitting book that we'd done, and that was a great idea and it was very successful. And they said, well, what about the Olympics? Oh, that's great! I can develop the dolls. I can actually give them feet and hands, you know, and sort of make the doll a little bit better. And then the knit your own boyfriend again. I thought, oh, brilliant! I can change the doll again and, and tweak it and adapt it. You know, and they just said, well, knit your own boyfriend has been really popular. What, why don't we do a boy band? We could do you know, One Direction. Okay, why not? Like she's a boy band that you know will be around by the time you get the pattern finished. That's it. <laughs> it was a very quick turnaround on that. So, I mean, some of the books you do have quite a tight, sort of quick turnaround. So, yeah. Thankfully, they're, they're stuck about. Yes, I know, I know, I know. A few brownie points from younger family members as well. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Because <laughs> there's the 30 minute knits and the 30 minute. Mm-hmm. 
30 minute crochet. And I think that's fantastic because I think that's something that just might get somebody going, yeah, I'm going to try that. But it's I'm something that's that. accessible. It's, 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 it, it needs to be accessible for people. And there's a lot, an awful lot of highbrow knitting and crochet out there. Um, but you can have so much fun with it as well. Exactly. You can take it in anywhere you want to want to go. And the idea behind 30 minutes was that, okay, I did time everything and I did manage to do everything within 30 minutes. <laughs> Although as soon as I pressed start on the stopwatch, I found my fingers just I'm went to jelly. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to sort of surreptitiously look at the clock and go, right, 30 minutes, right, what time is it now? Have you, do, have you done it? But I did time myself. But it was more about making people understand or letting people understand that it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out process. Something that you can pick up, put down in small, short segments of time that you have free throughout the day. Yes. Perfect, yeah. exactly. That's how, yeah, I think that's it. I think there needs to be more of that because I think some people look at Think about knitting and think, oh, I can't knit a jumper. Mm. No, no, no. Yeah. There's other, th- there's other, there's other things, things you can do. Yeah. I, mean, the, I think that a lot of the magazines, the likes of, well, Molly makes Simply Knitting, mm-hmm. The Knitter. That's fantastic. So, um, Kirsty also on, on sort of TV yes. uh, doing that. And there's Give it a try. A That's it. I know. It, I think the attitude towards sort of crafting has changed an awful lot over the last sort of 10 years even the last five years it's changed mm-hmm. an awful lot which is which is good yes <laughs> definitely definitely i think it needs to sort of change we still get hit with the, all the stereotypes Hi. Ne- we ne- what i know grannies <laughs> yeah. okay yeah but you know grannies are pretty damn cool and, thank and you very much always ne- you know, you yeah. were younger than knitting at one point. Half moon glasses. Those adverts, yes. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've done it in for us, Julie. And then, of course, the men, the, the men thing yesterday. Did you read that? I think it was a no, somebody, one. somebody mentioned, but yeah, I haven't I, had a chance I think to look. I looked and saw that it was out in January or something. It's obviously just got regurgitated. Mm. You know, men have knitted for, for many, many years, and we all know the, the benefits of knitting. And I think that's what it was. Is knitting the new yoga? Men knit. Something like that. Was that title's <laughs> been. You know, I know, I know. I often get men coming along to the workshops. I thought I've had mother, father, daughter come along to workshops before That's now. Fantastic. Husband and wife teams coming along to workshops. But, but the, so, mum was sort of knitting and the dad was sewing up. It was the finishing techniques. Yeah, so he, he liked doing a little That's bit of knitting, but he loved doing the sewing, sewing up. up. That's quite good. I'll need to get Clint into, into this now. Because I hate sewing up. Oh, I so love swing no, up. Rub- I think it's because I'm rubbish at well, it. Well, professional finishing techniques, you have to, well, say if you're next time you're yes, in sort of Glasgow, definitely. give us a shout. I will. <laughs> <laughs> so you've finished here, then what is next? Next is, next Saturday I am going to be in Macquarie Brothers in Stirling, so that's going to be good. And... I think I'm doing Learn to Crochet, but I, don't quote me on that. I need to check the diary when I get back home. And then I've got sort of Be Inspired in Edinburgh. So oh, um, I've been there to do a couple of workshops already, so I'm looking forward to going back. And there's a couple a of shop. Japanese pattern books that have got my Ooh. name on them. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and then I'm going to September. I'm taking part in Craft Scotland um, Meet the Maker up at Touched by Scotland, which is in Oing, where the colour oh, corner yes. is. The wool sh- it used the to be the wool shed with the colour corner, so they're actually in touch the gallery, touched by Scotland. So I'm there. Um, is it the twelfth and the thirteenth, or the thirteenth and fourteenth of September? And then that week, I'm doing a couple of workshops and I'm doing a lunchtime talk. Um, we're taking our inspiration from the K Facet exhibition that's on at Aberdeen Art Gallery oh, at the moment. So yeah, we've got sort of workshops where we're going to go around either any of K um Brandon's work. Or they can go around the actual gallery, 
uh, take their inspiration from that and we're going to do a colour knitting workshop and yeah because it was uh, Kaif's fault that I got into knitwear I get to do a lunchtime talk all about him oh, saying fantastic. it's that fabric there that got me into knitting yeah, so another of your fabric heroes that's it so um, um, and then it's the following weekend it's wool for you uh, doing a workshop there, so yeah, no, it's busy, busy. Oh, my goodness. And any more books in the pipeline? Um, I have been dabbling on freeform crochet, so oh. waiting to hear whether something's going to happen from that. But it does kind of scare me that patterns for freeform. I'm like, hmm, mm, that's going to How be a challenge. It's really going to be a challenge. It's more a recipe. Yes, a serving suggestion. A serving, a serving suggestion. suggestion. Well, that's good. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's sort of in the pipeline. That ho- well, well, we'll find out soon whether that's going to happen or not, but yes, yes. And possibly knit your own girlfriend. Yeah. Well, kits for that. I want to do kits for that. That would be fantastic. Called the knit, alter knit me or the knitted selfie. I like that. The knitted <laughs> selfie, that's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, so if I, I did at the time with the Knit Your Own Boyfriend, I said, well, why can't we do a girl? And I thought, well, we could have a girl character, and she introduces all the different boyfriends, a bit like a photo story. Yes. Um, Love that, Jackie and exact, just 17 and Exactly, all that exactly. And then you've got your whole bunty where you've got a twinkle, and when you oh, make yes. the clothes to pin them on the back. Love it. <laughs> I was, mm, we'll wait and see. But I'm sure there's a few guys out there that would like to knit they would like, and a few girls out there that would, would like to knit Exactly, exactly, you know, it's, it's um, a wonderful world that we live in, you know, yeah, let's, we can sort of knit and make whoever we want. But I recently did a, a collection of dolls for my, my friend's band, The Trembling Bells, and they were, they were on tour at the time, they were doing their European tour, and I kept on pestering them, saying, guys, guys, what colour of shoes have you got on? Or, what, 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 are you, what are you wearing? Have you, have you got a belt for that? Has it got a silver buckle? <laughs> uh, really pestering them, and they all came back, and I've done the dolls, and it's going to be part of their new video. So, oh, so anybody who's Trembling Bells fans, sort of watch, oh, uh, watch their Facebook it. page, and uh, yeah, so that should, be, that should be fun doing that, but sort of, Boys and girls um, dolls involved in that. So. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I was sewing them up and thinking, oh, please, someone, don't. They're not voodoo dolls. They're not voodoo dolls. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah, Mike's yes, broken his arm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. I know, I know. <laughs> Maybe you should be doing some indie ref dolls. <laughs> we could use them as pin cushions. Like the little, have you seen the Michael Gove pin cushions? Maybe. <laughs> That's an idea. That's an idea. There is a possibility out there. Yes, yes. That could be quite funny. I hope she wasn't thinking I was asking her to nail her her political colours to the wall with that one. It was just a marketing idea. <laughs> it was really nice to have a blether with Carol and it was actually really nice to meet the ladies on the on the arena tour as well. Um, I hope they had a fantastic time and they all got home safely. Uh, we're a lovely bunch and I hope they didn't mind that I gate crashed their workshop on on the Sunday. And they all seemed to have a fantastic time. And that's really the, the, you know, the point when we get people to Shetland, we really want to make sure that they come back. So um, if you're interested in finding out more about Carol's classes, books, collections, etc., you can seek out www.beatknit.com, which is B-E-A-T-K-N-I-T.com. She's also on Facebook, Twitter and as we mentioned, Pinterest. So check it out there. Uh, And if you're interested in arena travel trips they specialize in many different kinds of of holidays you can find them at www.arenatravel.com 
I have obviously guilted some listeners into coming up with some nitty terms uh, because there are quite a few suggestions in the Knit British Ravelry group thread. So thank you very much uh, for that. I indulging me. I did have a word for this podcast, but this is shaping up to be quite a long episode, so I'll keep it for next month. However, um, there's a lovely little footnote to last month's word HESP, which you'll remember. We started with the word HESP, which led us to the word HESPETRY, which was a spinning device, uh, quite like a, like a swift, which had a funny double meaning uh, in Norwegian, uh, which meant real old bitch, uh, or uh, meant gossip. And um, Maya Andresen got, got in touch to say that uh, she's from Sweden, and she's a linguist, and she said... That in Sweden, the hespetry is called a haspel, haspa, or harvel, and apparently the word also means to say something without thinking in the Swedish Swedish lexicon. Hespa is also a gossip, and the verb is blabbering or gossiping. Thank you so much, Maya, for telling us about that. She said she obviously doesn't know the where, you know, the 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 two got likened. You know that that the. the you know the the swift was named after the gossip or vice versa but she said that for her there is a likeness of the thread running through the swift with the story running from the gossip's mouth and i really really liked that little visual it was lovely um thank you again maya so much uh, and uh, uh we'll have another knitting term uh, or word next month and no it's somebody asked in the in the knit British group did it have to be a Shetland word no it doesn't have to be a Shetland word um what I'm looking for are any sort of words or terms in knitting or to do with wool that are regional to you or you just think where did that come from and again as I say I'm not an expert I don't pretend to be an expert on words in any way shape or form I just sort of like having a little look and a little dig I'd like to say some special hellos um, and thanks. You know, I always do this bit, but um, this being the 10th episode of the podcast, I'd like to thank some people in particular who are always cheerleading for Knit British um, on Twitter. And there are three, there are lots of you out there and I thank you all. But three people in particular that I'd like to thank are Katie Swift, a.k.a. at Katie Swift Knit. And Jackie Galloway, who is at GalloJ1904, and uh, Linda from In The Loop, which is at In The Loop 3. You guys always sort of retweet and champion and cheerlead um, everything that I tweet on Knit British topics. So thank you very, very much to you. I know you don't just tweet about the podcast, but you tweet about posts and things and retweet and share them. And I really, really really appreciate that um you're fantastic cheerleaders to have you all are never ever 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 underestimate the power of a retweet um because it's a it can be a really powerful thing and it means a lot uh to have you know my my idea about knit british is to shout as loudly and widely as possible about how fantastic british wool is um, and give you just a little bit of an idea of the kind of things that are out there so the fact that that is shared again and shared again and shared again really 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 means a lot to me so thank you very much um i'd also like to give thanks to recent itunes reviewers i really really appreciate this and i didn't realize until very recently that there 
our reviews um, for people in Great Britain and then I can look somewhere else and I can see reviews from other places in the world and I didn't realise that um, properly. So I really like to say thank you to Donna C368, Gardening Witch and Louise Loves Yarn for their recent iTunes reviews. And again, I really appreciate that you take the time to do that. You know, it does. It really does mean a lot. Big hellos also to all the new kids in the Knit British Ravelry group. Um, Practical Cat, Knit One Girl One, Anam Chavra 1104, Marika Muller, Walls and Knitter, who is designer Claire Nico. Hello to you. Even though we live in the same group of aisles, we've never met yet, but hopefully we'll remedy that one day. Um, and Funky Orange, uh, hello to all you guys. And hello to everyone in the Knit British Ravelry group and everyone taking part in the Lush podcast. Um, as I've said before, if you've not chatted already, if you're taking part in the Lush and you've not chatted already, then do say hello to us because actually chatting in all the different chatter threads could win you a prize too i forgot to say that and thank you everyone out there listening today um it's lovely to have you with me on for episode 10 i hope you enjoyed the show today i will be back next month with more of the same again because of where yarndale falls i'm not sure if i'll podcast just before or uh, just after i come back probably just after i come back so it may be a bit later in the meantime you can keep an eye on the blog which is www.knitbritish.net i am on twitter at knit underscore british and i'm on ravelry as lira l-e-i-r-a and you can email me louise at knitbritish.net you can also contact me via the website as well the music at the start of the show was John Gilliatt and Django Arias and I thought I'd try something different for the music at the end of the show. I spent a good portion of time procrastinating uh, looking for tunes play on the podcast. I've still not found ones that I'd like to have as a regular start and end tune Um, but recently when searching for music I found quite a few hilarious knit related ones so for the next few podcasts at least until these resources run out I thought I would bring you such a song so today's end theme music is Jacob Haller and he has got the knitting kitten blues (laughs) you can find Django Arias and the knitting kitten blues or the Kitten Knitting Blues on musicalley.com and I've got the links on the show notes. Thanks once again to everyone involved with the episode this month. That's uh, Mika and Joe from the Edinburgh Yarn Festival, Carol Meldrum, and thank you very much for joining me for episode 10. I will see you again next month at some point and um, take good care of yourself. Bye. I'm going down to the drugstore I'm gonna buy me a skein of yarn I'm going down to the drugstore Gonna buy a big old skein of yarn I'm gonna knit me a kitten Even if you don't give a darn Well, I got a pair of big round needles You should listen to them purr You really should, it's totally adorable When I got a pair of big round needles You should see them son of a bitches purr I'm gonna knit me a kitten I'm gonna cover it all up in fur
robot kitten. I can't stand those kitten farms. I want me a homemade kitten with all those kitten charms. So I'm gonna knit me a kitten and a color for I choose. Well, I can barely wait for my kitten. That's why I got me the blue. Fine art yet. I always say, by the way, there's background noise. <laughs> uh, 